Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Tom Greenwood. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting on Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here this evening. A hairy evening indeed for you, but I'm so grateful you were able to make it. Uh, today we're going to talk about with your uh, a lot of expertise, very seasoned leader out there for more than 25 years serving the entrepreneurial community. You're going to share entrepreneurs just don't need capital or money. They need a lot more, and you're going to go in deeply into that. But I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background with our audience before we get going. Yes, of course. Uh, I, you know, Thank you very much, Christina, for having me. I'm, I'm so grateful to be given this opportunity. I, I think that once we get a little bit more into it, you'll see how I'm very passionate about helping new and small businesses succeed and helping entrepreneurs realize their dreams. But, you know, I started off, oddly enough, I went to film school, which has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. And, uh, you know, I always tell everybody that will listen to me is that there's passions and there's reality. And, you know, just because you can be passionate about something and I'm, you know, I'm incredibly passionate about the arts, incredibly passionate about, you know, that, that you know, cinema and, and live theater and music and so on and so forth that's a great thing to be passionate about. You know, it's just something that you can have that you can, you know, partake in and, and, and see from far. And I realized quite quickly as I was going to film school that uh, it wasn't going to pay the bills. And if it was, it would be, you know, 10 years to get to the point where it was going to pay the bills. And so I, I didn't like that timeline. So I, you know, it's like anybody else. I went to, I went to university. Um, unlike anybody else, I, most people, I decided that, that wasn't for me halfway through my university career. And I left and I started working my very first job. I was 20, I was hired when I was 23 years old wow. um, and heading up a $10 million division for a manufacturing company. I was so young that, you know, I, I turned 24 one month into the job and they, they called me Boy Wonder. And, you know, I, I didn't really, to be honest with you, I think you, you hear the story from a lot of entrepreneurs or self-made, you know, business people that 
you, you know, you, I didn't know what I was doing. I honestly didn't. I, it was a complete absolute mistake for them to hire me, <laughs> I thought, but I, I went with it and I figured it out and I got stuff done and, and I was very successful at it. And I had five corporate jobs in my, in my career and all of them were, were, were focused on turning around or driving success or changing the, the, the dynamic or the, or the, in, or the DNA of the company in order for them to expand into different markets and be successful into outside of, you know, their box of what they were operating in. Mm-hmm. And when I turned 40 years old, I was going through, you know, a time in my life where I really enjoyed doing that, but I didn't really enjoy all the corporate part that came with it, that there was a lot of red tape and there was a lot of people out there saying, yeah, you know, slow down, we can do this, we can do that. And, you know, I, I was always the person that would, I would talk about, you know, I would use this analogy. I was always the kid that at Christmas time, I'd rip open a present and go, this is fantastic. I'd play with it, take it apart and put it aside and go to the next thing. Yeah. You know, I would figure it out. And, and then once I'm done figuring out, that's the best part for me. I'm not, I'm not the mm-hmm. corporate person that, that loves, you know, lying to people and, and, and turning, turning a 1% or 2% growth year over year for the next 20 years and mm-hmm. while you're in boardrooms with other people that, that really don't care about anything except for themselves and, and so when I left corporate life I left um really just to just to go out there on my own and try to you know be a consultant and one of my one of my colleagues or one of my network people that I knew at the time when I said I was okay I'm going to go and be in a consultant his, his response was oh so you're unemployed and I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah is that the new word for consultant i didn't know right it really is and you know unfortunately it's true is that there's a lot of people out there that are consultants that you know are are in transition between job a and job b or or at the end of their career and still want to you know go do something so they be a consultant but you know the one thing and i'm glad he said that to me because it really motivated me to be successful that was one of the big things i'm like i want to show you I'm going to be a paid consultant, which is different than a consultant. consultant. It doesn't get paid. But you know, it's interesting. You said something really key there. And I think, like you said, there might be people in between jobs that said, let me just give Mm -hmm. this consulting thing a go. Um, But they're still coming at it from an employee kind of mindset. And it's a very different mindset as opposed to actually being a paid Mm -hmm. consultant that makes money. Share what you've learned in that area. You know, it is. The the paid consultant for me is somebody that actually... Um, goes out there and does something. And I was different than anybody else. You know, I, I come from the, the corporate world, so I know what consultants are all, all about, or I know that the, you know, I know what their value proposition is. You pay us X amount of money, we come in and help you. Either we, A, we give you a bunch of ideas and you're there to execute them yourself, or B, we're actually there in the trenches with you executing on the ideas at the same time, but you're still spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I always found that model broken, and this kind of will lead into what we're talking about. I always found that model kind of broken because, you know, I, I would interview consultants in my corporate life. I'm like, great, you guys are awesome. That's fantastic. I can't believe that you've written this plan on how you're going to change the dynamic of the business that we're in. And you're going to allow us to earn X more revenue or X more, X more profit. Mm-hmm. So great. Why don't we just tie your fees into that? Once we start making that extra money or making that extra profit, why don't we start tying your fees into that? And every single consultant goes, that's crazy. There's no way I'm willing to do that. And so I'm like, okay. So right, let, let's stop you there. So what does that mean? That you were kind of just saying, hey, we're going to base what we're going to pay you on what you actually are going to give us in result. That's right. Yeah. Well, why would anyone have a problem with that? Actually, that's how sales works. Well, that well, that's it. Consult in the world of consulting, people do because they have big buildings and big expense accounts, and you know, mm. people have to get big salaries and blah 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 blah. So they have to charge a month. 
And when I started, I was like, well, no, I, you know, why don't I charge based on what, you know, I need to survive to cover some of my expenses, but really the deliverables should be all based on delivery. Mm-hmm. And when I started, so that's what was the difference with me is being a paid consultant, in my opinion, to change my dynamic is I changed the conversation. The conversation mm-hmm. was about, I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. If I can go in and help you turn your company around, or I can increase the profit, then pay me these crazy fees that I'm pitching you to pay me, but it'll be a percentage of whatever I deliver for you. Ah, I love that. I love that perspective. I, I've never heard, you're right. I've never heard a consultant uh, lay it out like that, but I do recall in my twenties, I wanted an opportunity and mm-hmm. I had no experience in the import export um, arena. So I said, hire me for a week. You don't have to pay me a dime. Let me show you, I can do it. Right. And then if I do well, you hire me. If not, then I go on my merry way. You didn't lose a damn thing. He hired me, of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing too. And that's why we, that's how I got very successful. My my first consulting gig was for a division of Swarovski Crystal, Mm -hmm. um, which was, you know, that's a pretty good place to start. I remember I, I, I was flown to Austria to meet with Garen Swarovski in his office. I mean, you know, just sitting in, you know, just this super, you know, this crazy place. And in that, in that mandate was to turn around the company within three years and, and do, you know, their, their, their division, their, their one ad division within three years. And mm-hmm. I finished it in 20 some odd months, 28 months, I think it was. And so I got everything that, that was, they paid out the rest of my contract. They paid out exactly, yes. you know, what the deliverables were. And mm-hmm. so they looked and went, oh, okay. We didn't really kind of believe you that you were going to be able to do this, but mm-hmm. you know, you did it. And that's kind of what spurred me into the world I, I went into afterwards was, then private equity. So I started working for private equity afterwards. And this is, you know, again, kind of bringing me mm-hmm. a very long way into what I'm doing right now. But, you know, the, and, and I don't want to advocate this, you know, I, I know that you have you know, three and a half million listeners per month, and, and I think people will freak out if I'm going to take such a hard stance one way or the other. But, you know, a lot of private equity and venture capital companies are, are, are not so nice. You know, mm-hmm. the whole goal is to go out there and to find undervalued companies pay as little as they possibly can for them to increase their value at any cost. And the reason is because they have a lot of people that are investing these funds in order for them and they're expecting a significant return and they're sold on a significant return year over year. And the only way you get that is by hiring people like me, which it was at the time that I would go into into these companies after they were acquired and I would be the last person that anybody wanted to see walk through the front door because my job was to create value and I got paid on date I got paid based on creating value for the equity company mm. that I was working for and you know it was it was an interesting time in my life because I right around the same time I started getting picked up for speeches in the United Kingdom talking about how to successfully expand into into North America and the very first speech I did as I was still working for private equity was uh, in London and at the end of the speech there was 40 people lined up outside the hall and, you know, all of them were new entrepreneurs or small entrepreneurs that had some great ideas and some great products or great services that didn't, that were almost desperate for somebody to help them because there were so many people that they knew that they wanted to get into, into North America. They knew they wanted to get into the United States, but they've been taken advantage of before by other consultants that were charging them 20 or 30 or $40,000 a month, you know. Mm-hmm promising them the world. And as soon as they got their money, they would deliver them nothing. And these people would literally mortgage their houses or mortgage their, their kids, you know, all their life savings in order to hire these people that delivered no results. Mm. And that was my aha moment. And that was the time that I, that I knew that, okay, you know, this is what my calling is. My calling has turned into 
helping new and small businesses reach their goals, reach their dreams and believe in themselves or help them help them achieve their dreams and doing it in a way where, where we earn our money and our fees and, and our profit based on them achieving their goals. Mm. You know what this reminds me of? I had a wonderful attorney that worked with me uh, in a difficult case I had many years ago. He said, I'll work pro bono. He was a friend of mine. He said, if I win the case, you you pay me. If I don't win, you don't pay me. Right. And it, it's similar to what you're talking about. It's like it's actually purely based on results. It and is. then you see what you've got in front of you. Now, um, what does that look like for say you're an entrepreneur and you're going to look for someone well i think they should go straight to you guys um <laughs> but so what, do they, <laughs> what do they what do they look for when they're having a conversation to say um as far as you know building their business growing their business and they've tried other things it didn't work what is usually the problem you see when you go into most small entrepreneurs that I, things I aren't they, working I, I think that uh well, things for them aren't working in the small entrepreneurs as they think that they, 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 they don't do enough due diligence in trying to get, you know, the right partnerships in or the right structure in, you know, and this is part of the things that I do. I'm doing a keynote speech in London in November and, and it's talking about the same thing. It's that, you know, when you hire a partner in your business, you should do it just exactly. You should do an update diligence on that partner, whether it's a distributor or a broker or, a, or an external consultant just as much due diligence as you would be hiring a new person you do background checks you do references you do you know resume you do validations and most people will go well you know i hired a new distributor for my product in the united states and they had this amazing website i talked to the people we did a zoom call they promised us that you know they're they're located in maine but they could easily handle all of the united states every single market that we could possibly want to be in this one person and his brother they can do everything so they were great so we hired them wow you know did you do any due diligence? Did you ask any current customers? Did you ask yeah. any past customers? Did you talk to anybody else that they've ever touched in this world and see if they've been able to deliver these results? And they don't. And that's the, for me, that's the biggest, the biggest part of the, the issue is that, you know, we in our company, we talk about culture. We just hired a, you know, one of our one of the investment companies that we invested in last year. We just hired a VP. Mm-hmm. And you know, he asked, I get asked this question about culture all the time. What's your culture like? And my answer is I have no idea. I'm the CEO of the company. Nobody will ever tell me. And if they did, they're probably going to, you know, I hope they wouldn't lie to me because everybody says we have good culture. So I really hope they're not lying. <laughs> but what I say and what I said to Mike was, look, here's the deal. Here's our directory. Call anybody on the directory and ask them yourselves, because that's really the way that you're going to get the right answer. Because yeah. asking me is not, you know, I can, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think of our culture because I'm the CEO and I'll, part of it's my dream and part of it's reality. Yeah. And also it'll be your perspective. I like that you say that. I I remember many years ago, one of the tips I got from a headhunter when I was working in a corporation or looking for a corporate job, is he said, ask um, the people you're going to interview with, if you can talk to some of their employees to get a feel for the company. And you know what? You get a a feel for whether you want to be there or not. One, just looking around and feeling how does everyone look at their desk. But when you ask that question, they say, no, absolutely not. Then run. (laughs) because <laughs> there shouldn't be any reason uh, why yeah that's right. why why shouldn't you be able and, to and it's the same way it's the same way for getting help in your business too because if somebody says oh i don't want to give you the people that we're working with or people we've worked with in the past mm-hmm. well, why not you should be really proud of everybody you work with currently and even the people you work with in the past because nothing's ever perfect nothing ever works out exactly the way you want it to mm-hmm. you're gonna have great you know, great raving fans out there for your for, for your business. And you're gonna have some detractors that thought, well, it wasn't for us. You mm-hmm. know, this is what, excuse me, this is why I think it wasn't for us. 
And so I think, you know, for all new businesses and small entrepreneurs, I think that they get really caught up into mm. getting to their dream without mm. realizing, you know, getting to their dream as fast as they possibly can with the least resistance that they believe that they possibly can. And the unfortunate reality is that that's not always true. We, we advocate every client we bring in. It's, you have to understand something. It's from day one, we talk about crawl, walk, run. And mm. usually whenever a client we bring in, we actually have to take 10 steps back because for us, it's about foundation. You can't build a house without, you know, without a solid foundation. You can't build a business without a solid foundation. And so we, we kind of take them on that journey. And, and then with us, again, our model, so we, in our business, we have a couple of different models. We have the investment side where we actually go in and buy equity. We don't take anything. We always buy our way into companies and we invest in the company and we provide them with a, with a line of credit. But we also have an acceleration part of our business where, you know, some people don't want to give up equity. We're, we're absolutely happy with that. So, you know, we will give you our services and we'll help you build your business for a share of what we generate. And so for them, there's no risk for them. We're not coming in and saying, giving us $10,000 or $20,000 a month. We're like, okay, let's work on this together. And once we start driving revenue, we're going to take a percentage of that revenue, which is fine mm -hmm. because the business has a better opportunity to deliver that. And for them, and this is what I always say, if they're not, if you're working with somebody that's not willing to put their, their money where their mouth is, mm -hmm. that should be your red flag oh. too. <laughs> It should like be, the, you know, if somebody's promised you that they can deliver a million dollars of revenue in the next two years and they're not willing to take a piece of or a significant or all of their fees out of that revenue, then that's kind of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say big red flag. And you mentioned something very important, how uh, a lot of businesses will want to just rush to get to the front without mm -hmm. realizing, and they don't want that tension you mentioned. Well, I thought that was interesting because there's businesses I've worked to grow their AR team. And when we walk in, they'll have no structure, no process. And one of the important things, as you mentioned, you got to check out your vendors. If you're going to yeah. sell as one client that work with really high priced items, can the people you're checking with and sitting down with, can they afford what you're selling them and uh they, they were like well we don't want to set a process and scare anyone off it's like <laughs> no no this is business this is how people do business they're right. not going to get uh you know scared off if they're about you know substantial yep. businesses without problems right. that is yeah and we all do and look you know one of the things and 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 i know that we're here to talk about you know how entrepreneurs don't only need money and yeah. one of the things we look at too it's a two-way street is the, the reality is that if we're going to put our money where our mouth is, then we better make pretty darn sure that the person in the company that we're working with passes our litmus test as well, too. And mm -hmm. for us, it's it's pretty simple. You know, it's so funny that people I was having a conversation with, about this with somebody earlier today that when we when we start investing in companies or we look to, to start working with companies, you know, we don't really care about their balance sheet or the PL because we know they suck. I mean, <laughs> you're a small business. <laughs> You know, you're not gonna. You're, you wouldn't be talking to us if you weren't struggling. So I mean, really, I don't want to see this. This is really kind of irrelevant. You know, if if and when we get to the point of of an investment in your company, then we'll start wanting to see this on a regular basis. But it's it, it barely has any any bearing into mm. into our into our decision, except for maybe tax liabilities. Mm. Um, but we always talk about the suck, and the big thing for me is the suck is that mm. if you're working with an entrepreneur and that entrepreneur as we all know as entrepreneurs is that you go through suck it's not all roses it's not all rainbows and unicorns that you go through this roller coaster on a daily yeah. monthly basis you know if you can go up and down this hill and go to the darkest of days where you're sitting there going oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh there's negative 500 in my bank account you know payrolls tomorrow how am i going to do this what am i going to do mm -hmm. and you're still doing it and there's people still buying your product 
and you're still as committed as ever to do it, then you know what the suck is and you can handle the suck and you embrace the suck. Mm. And for me, that's more important than anything because if, and I've seen it before, the entrepreneurs that get down to this point where they're negative 500 in their bank account, they have to make payroll tomorrow. They're like, okay, I'm done. I'm See you later. That's it. I mm. want to go back to my nice safe job and my medical insurance and everything else. And I don't have to worry about it. They're the ones we're not going to invest in. But those people that that you have something innate and you have that fire in your belly that you just won't quit mm. no matter what. Yeah. Those are the people we want to work with. Boom. And talking again about, you know, some of these entrepreneurs wanting to get to the end game as fast as possible ties perfectly into why we don't think entrepreneurs need only money. Right now, you know, we're teaching entrepreneurs the wrong way about certain things. And one of them is every entrepreneur that we've talked to in the last year has always been said, hey, I'm going to pitch to this angel group, or I'm going to pitch to this incubator group, or I'm going to do this. And you know, everybody keeps on telling me, all I have to do is put a deck together and it's gotta be 20 pages long. And then there's this format out there that I've got to follow. And I go and pitch to these investors and I'm gonna get all this money. And then I'm gonna do what? <laughs> what are you gonna do with the 300,000? Yeah. If, you're, if you're lucky enough to get somebody to go, okay, I'm gonna take a flyer on you, or a group is going to say, you know what, you've got us something there and you may have an MVP, at least, you know, something there that we're going to invest $500,000. They always want to know what you're going to spend that $500,000 on or the $300,000 or the million dollars. Mm-hmm. And everybody's deck that we've seen all the time is like, well, I'm going to hire a CMO. I'm going to hire a CTO. I'm going to hire a CSO. I'm like, you're going to spend the $500,000 just on salaries. Mm-hmm. Then and how are you going to find those right people? And what are you going to do, you know, after you do that? So my biggest issue with, with entrepreneurs, you know, everybody is kind of tied into this thing right now. It's all I need is money to grow. No, it's not all you need. You actually need to know how to grow. You need to know your business. You need to have that foundation in place for your business before you start taking money yeah. because money will help you accelerate. Mm-hmm. Money will help you get to the next level. Money is not the magic wand that's going to help your business, you know, magically change from yeah. one to another. Yeah, I, I love that you say that, Tom, because uh, many, many years ago, I was getting a live series started in Manhattan, it was going to cost a pretty penny, I mm-hmm. didn't have it. Um, so I said to my friend, I'm going to put down the date, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there on, on LinkedIn, the date we're, we're launching this thing. And you know, my husband's like, you don't even have the money yet. Uh, I'm putting <laughs> it out there by putting the date is gonna fire up my butt to mm-hmm. move. Well, I did that later today, I met a friend for coffee. And uh, I was walking down Chamber Street with her. And I remember there used to be a um, a place that rents um, spaces for events. Yeah. Yeah. And they just happened to move their space. They sent me an earlier email that day that I just got my inbox, kind of ignored it, but noticed it on my phone and said, hey, they're in the same area. Let's just go up and talk to them. I don't have any money on me, but whatever. So <laughs> I went to talk to them and they said, we remember you. you used to come here all the time 10 years ago, come here once a week and do some event with us. We, we love you. Yeah, sure. You got an event coming up. We'll spot you. You can pay us after the event. Boom. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But it's just that, you know, you don't always need the money, but you, you need to need have the, the plan. You need the plan. And I, and I think that, you know, one of the people that we've talked to recently about it, she has this, you know, great idea about this, you know, new social uh, service. Incredibly smart human being, like, you know, way too smart um, mm-hmm. for any of us normal people. And, you know, it was a whole thing. Her whole thing was about raising, you know, a million dollars. She had an idea. She had a pretty fancy deck. She had, you know, 
financial projections out for the next 10 years, like everything that every capital funding company, incubator, private equity, venture cap person wants to see, but she hasn't done anything to approve it. She hasn't built any product. She hasn't done anything else. But her whole idea was to take that million dollars and hire, you know, five people in order to help her get to the sec- get get the product out there. But my argument with her was you blow that million dollars within six months and then what? You, you've yep. got these people that you have to pay their salaries. They're giving up their life to come on board to help you. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they're all in when you pay them and you're like, hey, here's my vision. And this is what we do. This, yeah, I'm going to pay you $170,000 a year as a CMO or as a CTO. And then all of a sudden, the money dries up and they're sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, sorry, I need a paycheck. <laughs> I'm not you. And so that, I think that's what, you know, the biggest thing that we see and we want to start changing people's minds and, 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 and focuses on is that you've got to stop focusing on money. You've got to focus on somebody that's truly there to help you build the foundation of your business. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, part of why we're in the business that we do is that. Uh, we work for equity companies still as an embryo builder. Mm-hmm. So we get these businesses that are great businesses that have great ideas that they're not ready to invest in right now that we can take on. We can bring them down to the, get them to the point in two or three years that they are ready to invest in. And then we give them back to them. Yeah. They, they're not really to rate. They're not willing to take that risk that we are mm-hmm. and put our money where our mouth is to build this business and get it to a point of where they are actually viable and they do look attractive to venture capitalists or angel investors. Yeah. And, I, and I think that if more businesses realize that you need somebody to come in and help get you over those you know, embryo and infant stages in order for you to get to that point where you can go to a capital table, you're gonna be more valuable at that point than you ever will be right now. You know, you go in today and you're begging for money when you don't even have your product going, you're, you're gonna get screwed over on valuation. If mm. you do things right in the next two or three years, you're going to have a product, you're going to have a team, you're going to bootstrap everything, you'll be a better entrepreneur and leader because you've had to feel the suck and live through the suck of those three years of doing this. And you're going to be able to go to that cap table and go, no, we are who we are, and you're going to get a better valuation. So people aren't going to take advantage of it. And that's what this horrible circle of death, as I call it, is right now, is that these young entrepreneurs, they're so focused on, I'm going to go and get money right now, and I'm going to raise a million dollars and you know, seed or, or angel investment right now. And then what? Yeah. You're going to mortgage 50% or 70% mm. of the value of the company or 40% of the value of the company for nothing. And then all of a sudden you're going when you really need money to actually grow, you don't have anything more to give because yeah. you've already given it away to these first initial investors. Yeah. Well, this is this has been such insightful uh, wisdom you've given our audience, and I really hope anyone who is beginning to think about launching a business who maybe hasn't or who has, and who are just in the situation you're talking about, who oh, let me just go out there and get some money, thinks twice, gives you a call. How can they do that? How can they work with you guys? Yeah, it's really easy. Go to evolvebusinessadvisory.com on our website or our social. You can DM anybody on our social. You know, and again, I hope so too, and that there are a lot of people out there that, that, that are really, truly passionate. You know, one of the things we talk about all the time is that, you know, we're, we're a passionate group of individuals brought together in a common goal to help make the dreams come true of entrepreneurs. And I think that, you know, if you're really looking for somebody to help you and believe in you as a person and believe in your vision like you do, and really want to get this done as much as you you do because we're all now, you know, we say to our clients or our partners is that we're all intimately involved in this because if they're not making money, we're not making money. And so we're all really going down the same path and we're all on the same page and we're all trying to get things done. And 
And yeah, so they can reach us at evolvebusinessadvisory.com. There's a contact us link there. Um, they can it, they can email info at evolvebusinessadvisory.com or even a DM on Instagram. That's awesome. Well, Tom, I just have to thank you again for coming to Savvy Broadcasting and sharing My your great pleasure. wisdom. I really enjoyed this, Christina. You're, you're absolutely spectacular. <laughs> thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 